With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings are narrowing their search as well. Going to conduct some second interviews early this week. Their second interview candidates are expected to be D'Amico Ryans from the San Francisco 49ers, who obviously can be hired now. His team uh, no longer in it, so that is one. Raheem Morris from the Los Angeles Rams, the defensive coordinator, former Bucks head coach, I know a really strong candidate. He gets his second interview as well. And then Kevin O'Connell, the OC for the Rams, who's wanted in other places, including Jacksonville, he gets a second interview too. And then, of course, his colleague Tom Pelissero has mentioned Jim Harbaugh also floating around there potentially they bring Harba into the facility as well. Oh, rap sheet. Reckless speculation. Great time of the year. I love this stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. How can you not, man? This is, it's a, it's, it, this is a glorious time of year. It's a blank canvas for the Minnesota Vikings. Inspiration over the weekend with two different blueprints. There's the tanking blueprint that worked for the Bengals. There's the just go all in and trade all of your first round picks blueprint that is working for the Rams. Mm-hmm. So we can talk some about that too. But um, let's get started here on Purple Daily on this Monday. Mackie Judd, executive producer Declan, with the latest on the Vikings coaching search, presented in part by Surly Brewing Company and TCL. Hopefully, you were watching playoff football, championship Sunday football on a TCL TV. Uh, TCL is. Offering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, that's Rap Sheet. Uh, This is from John Bacon. John Bacon is the author that we've talked about a few times here on Purple Daily in the last few days. That wrote a book about Jim Harbaugh. He is uh, connected to the Harbaugh family. And he, about a week ago, is the first one to throw Vikings and Harbaugh out in the same sentence. And he's been doing daily Harbaugh Watch tweets on his Twitter account. So this morning, Harbaugh Watch Day 30. Nobody knows how this will end, but dot, dot, dot. All info backed by two sources with direct knowledge. Michigan's offer is not a holdup. I'm interpreting that to mean that, like, Michigan has given him some sort of pay increase or whatever. Um, and it's And they're not saying... 48 hours, take it or leave it. They're saying, here it is. You know, right. Go ahead and explore your NFL options, whatever. Let's, let's keep in touch. Right. The Vikings interviewed Harbaugh on Saturday. It went very well. No offer yet. If Minnesota offers, Miami could counter. Thus, 
my odds of Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan are now 60-40. He had it at 80-20 about three days ago. Uh, We know that the Vikings do have to have a face-to-face interview with a minority candidate before they were to hire a head coach. So they do have interviews lined up with D'Amico Ryans in person and Raheem Morris at some point in person. But that can't ha- can that happen in the next two weeks? Raheem Morris, they can do that right today. They I can think face to face today. Today, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So they're meeting with O'Connell and Morris, and then D'Amico Ryan's is just available to be hired yep. immediately because his team is out. And then uh, this is Jeremy Fowler, and then I'll shut up and let you guys uh, talk here. But Are you kidding? Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said Jim Harbaugh conveyed legitimate interest in the Vikings' head coaching job during his interview with the team per a source. Would the Vikings come away coming away feeling Harbaugh is ready for a return to the NFL? As of now, he's still considered in the mix for that job. And just for fun, because you know we're equal opportunity speculators here. <laughs> Reckless speculation. I got a random DM from uh, a listener of the show when we were doing Mackie and Judd earlier today, and uh, it's a friend of a friend who plays football at Michigan, and there's some buzz that uh, Michigan players have been told to attend an unplanned meeting here sometime soon, mm-hmm. which, again, just take that with a grain of salt. That's a friend of a friend uh, through a random direct message. Speculation. But if that is the case, why would Michigan players be? They, they wouldn't be called to a meeting to discuss Jim Harbaugh's new reworked contract, right? It would it would be to discuss them not having a coach anymore. Yes. So uh, Miami is in the mix, and Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who is a Michigan alumni, uh, he has said that he doesn't want to poach Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. But if the Vikings are on the verge of poaching him, now it's maybe fair game. So what do you guys make of these four names that are sort of left here, including Jim Harbaugh? I think three are are probably not, don't officially fall in the reckless speculation category because they're guys who might get this job, and if they do, it won't be surprising, and all three probably deserve a look-see and a possible promotion. Harbaugh is the greatest name, though, because there's so much, there's so many unanswered questions around him being a candidate. Does he want to come here? Is he trying to use the Vikings as the gateway uh, to absolve Ross of poaching him? And and Ross says, well, okay, well, if you talk to the Vikings, then you know what? If you're going to leave, come and coach Tua and the Dolphins. There's so many variables here. And, and the last one from the Vikings perspective that intrigues me so much is if they go with O'Connell, Morris, or D'Amico, Ryan's in all three cases, there's probably a good case to be made that it's not that you're purposely going to get bad, but like you're going to to get a grace period, probably 2022, you're going to try to build uh, for 2023. Kirk could certainly be traded. There's a lot of uh, dominoes that would probably fall. That makes sense. Harbaugh. I don't see Jim saying, hey, you guys are going to suck next year, and I'm going to coach you. I see Jim trying to present a case to the Wilfs who who are either optimists or gullible, take your pick, uh, of them saying, hold on a second here, Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh? Mr. You know, former National Football League quarterback, uh, a one-time Super Bowl uh, coach in San Francisco, says that my team can contend? So the Harbaugh one to me is just, it's so juicy and so much fun. And, and yes, a lot of it is probably reckless, but that's what I love about that one. 
speculation. Yeah. Are, are any of these, Declan, do any of these four coaches, are they just like red flags for you? You just, you, uh, you want nothing to do with one of these guys or? I don't know if red flag. I definitely have maybe, I'll, I'll change your word, a yellow light, uh, a yield or proceed with caution situation with O'Connell. I just, I don't know enough about him. Um, he, he, he very well could be a genius under Sean McVay, but I just I think he's the least established name here. Like if if I was even doing uh, as we love to do ranking things, love pecking orders on this show. If I was to do a pecking order, these four names, these would be my four from one to the bottom. I think Raheem Morris is still their favorite. I think Raheem Morris has wowed them the most, at least the general manager or at least the uh, ownership group and people that were interviewing him before Quaze was hired. I think Morris is still number one. I think Harbaugh's too. I think the intrigue from Harbaugh here is legitimate. Um, they like making splash moves, so I would put Harbaugh number two on that list. I would then go D'Amico, Ryan's three. I think Ryan's stock has definitely taken a, has risen a lot with what he did in this postseason, man. I mean, he held some offenses in check, doing a phenomenal job, even though he's very young, and he might probably be more seasoned, continuing being a DC before he gets a head coaching job for the next year or two. And then I have O'Connell four. So that, that if I was ranking these four... I would go Morris, Harbaugh, Ryan's, O'Connell. Yeah, Harbaugh. By the way, I'm I'm told Harbaugh has been doing a lot of legwork on the Vikings the last few days, just asking around about the roster, asking around about the organization, and it's not for anyone thinking that they're just like a pawn in a in a game with Miami. No, he he's legitimately, from what I'm told, he's legitimately interested in this Vikings job. It's not just like a step to get Miami to say yes. He might ultimately wind up in Miami for a bunch of different reasons, but, and I think one of those main reasons is what, what do the Vikings want to do in 2022? You know, if, if, if you're quasi Dofa you come in here and this is your shot to be a general manager. Maybe your only shot. Do you want to hitch your wagon to Kirk cousins, age 34, 35, 36 in a league where there are all these young dynamic, athletic, big-armed quarterbacks that make a lot less money relative to the salary cap right now and hamstring your ability to build out the rest of the roster, which, by the way, is uh, is stuck in salary cap hell. You have the fourth-worst cap situation going into the 2022 offseason. Do you want to try and cobble all of that together somehow and put some duct tape on it and hope that Jim Harbaugh can just come in and be better than Mike Zimmer and fix it all? Or do you want to take a step back not like a full-on blow-it-up rebuild step back, but like an Eagles step back where you can still flirt with the playoffs, maybe get there while you fix your cap situation, evaluate a young, less expensive quarterback. Would Harbaugh be on board for that? If you told Jim, listen, man, we know you could probably elevate Kirk Cousins, but that ship has sailed. Like it, it just, The window would have been two or three years ago. And so we think we can get a draft pick for him. The demand for quarterbacks this offseason is going to be so much greater than the supply. We think some team's going to give us a first or a second round pick for Kirk Cousins, and we can save $35 million to the cap. We're looking to draft Malik Willis, maybe bring in a bridge quarterback like a Gardner Minshew or somebody, and take a slight step back in 2022 to have a ton of cap space and flexibility for 2023. Are you cool with that? And if he says yes, I love everything else about the roster. I love the potential. I'm on board. Then sign me up for Jim Harbaugh. But if he wants to come in here and say, my presence alone over Mike Zimmer is going to turn this into a Super Bowl contender overnight, I don't think they have enough tools and resources roster-wise and cap-wise to make that happen. So I'm, I'm like conditionally 
all in on Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> but I would not be disappointed. Raheem Morris would be right there. Like he's of the other three candidates, Raheem Morris is my number one. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be. I know D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive guy. I wouldn't be disappointed. He seems like an excellent leader. They're looking for a Mike Tomlin type, right? Well, Tomlin was a defensive guy that coached some great offenses in Pittsburgh. And I'm kind of with Declan. Kevin O'Connell, I think you got to be a little careful there. Are you hiring because he's close to Sean McVay or because you're just looking to catch lightning in a bottle like you know some of the other guys on that coaching tree? Or is he actually a great leader and a driver of what they're doing with the Rams? So that's how I handicap the Rams. So the thing with the Harbaugh possibility in Quazy, though, is Quazy's new. First job, if the Wil- if the Wilfs go to Quazy and say, Jim Harbaugh says that we can win, do you have the cachet right now to say what I think the three of us would say, which is, okay, hold on a second, though. Like, there's there's a, a lot of uh, possible impediments to that. But um, if he has that ability, I think you definitely take a step back. But if he gets excited because the people that just hired him are, um, I think that there could be an issue there. Now, now to go back to statements from earlier today on, on Mackie and Judd, Phil, what you brought up with Harbaugh would be intriguing, which is if you were to call San Fran in this time of devastation right now and say, all right, Kirk Cousins needs to come home, and home is where Kyle is. So we're going to give you Kirk. And a second round pick. And I can tell you right now that if you put Kirk and Kyle back together, Kirk would agree to an extension. And my God, it might be for a little bit less. Who knows? Um, but what what we need as the Vikings back is Trey Lance. Uh, Jim Harbaugh seems to me to be the exact type of guy to develop a Trey Lance. So you would have Trey Lance and Kellen Mond, by the way, on the roster. Yes, sir. As your third string guy. And Correct. I still think you would look to get a bridge quarterback. You'd bring in somebody hell maybe it's jimmy g after the niners cut him or something like you could like for way less right but lance would be the guy i would i would say jim harbaugh you were born to develop this kid yep and for the record for anyone that heard judd say what he just said it was like what what are you talking about what do you you go back and listen to mackie and judge what you gotta do go back and listen to mackie and judd but also you put yourself in kyle shanahan's shoes for a second this dude has been on the doorstep of winning a super bowl that, that Jimmy Garoppolo missed a wide-open pass that would have sealed a Super Bowl two years ago and was on the doorstep of going to another Super Bowl this year, and then you know on the final drive, Jimmy Garoppolo was pressured, but absolutely just melted on that last drive. <laughs> He's probably emotional. He's probably upset. You know, they're, they're done with Jimmy. How, you know, if, if they think they can win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, the roster is ready to go. They got Debo Samuel. They just need the right quarterback. Yes. And then I will read you this quote. From John Lynch, 49ers GM three years ago, we made the Garoppolo trade, but then there were some days where Kyle Shanahan was like in mourning because I think everybody knows his master plan was to have Kirk Cousins come in eventually and be the 49ers quarterback. Yes, I was proud of Kyle because I think he knew this was the right thing for our franchise. He didn't hesitate, but even then, Jimmy had to really prove himself, prove himself to like to Kyle because Kyle is in love with the idea of Kirk. If you called the 49ers today, yeah, you know, 18 hours or 12 hours after their emotional loss and said, you guys can still win a Super Bowl next year. Do you think your chances are better with Trey Lance, who's barely played? Yep. Or Kyle's guy, Kirk Cousins? Yep. 
No. Now, of course, there's a lot of people that will say, "Well, I mean, if you if Kirk is garbage, like you guys say he is, this is a, there are three or four other teams out there that are just looking for a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger's aging carcass, or whatever the quarterback situation was in Carolina, or you know, in this case, Jimmy, the the last image of Jimmy Garoppolo pirouetting around and throwing a ball up up for grabs in a panicked state, right? Do I think the Niners are going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? No. But if they think they can take a step forward with Kirk Cousins and Kyle's in love with him, yes. you should make that phone call. So a lot of, lot of dots to be. And to be sending Kirk to, to San Fran would be the ultimate thank you. Thank you for what you've done here. We appreciate you. Um, and it is time. And th- this is true. I mean, Spielman's gone. Zimmer's gone. Uh, it is time, I think for a fresh start here. So where could you say, because if you send Kirk to like Carolina, right? You're basically, and if, if you got a first round pick, I'm sure that that would thrill you, but he's not really going to succeed probably there. Right. But I mean, if you were ever to give him a chance to actually say, okay, your fan base, Kirk Cousins thinks that you can win a championship. The one place that I think would be the ideal place, San Fran. So it makes sense. And I am I am not suggesting, just to be very, very clear, a straight-up swap. I don't think that that works. But I am saying I would attach, as the Vikings, a second-round pick. Second-round pick and Kirk for the guy who was the third overall pick in last year's draft. I would do that. Hmm. Oh, this is, that's a lot. I love how this like, – we, we just went from, like, here is, here is a journalistic, news-based <laughs> update oh. on the Vikings head coaching situation – and then after 15 minutes, we just traded Kirk Cousins and a second-round pick to the Niners for Trey Lance. Just, yes. just remember, <laughs> just always keep in, in mind the impossible in sports is possible. A week and oh, a half ago, absolutely. the name Jim Harbaugh. Are you guys crazy? Harbaugh's not Leva. What? You stop talking about Har. Typical, typical score North. No, actually, you know what? That stuff is always <laughs> happening. And, and sometimes it gets out, and sometimes it doesn't. But always expect the unexpected in sports. And this time of year, it is so true, and it's just yeah. starting. It is just starting. Dex, Dex can, you, can you pop the, uh, the yeah. cap hit graphic up on the screen here? Because I, I threw this out on my Twitter account this morning, too, so some of you guys may, may have seen this. But uh, the, the streak continues officially now in the NFL in that no team has ever won a Super Bowl in, in the 30 years of the of the current salary cap era. No team has won a Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than 13% of the team's cap. So as you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, we've got two different categories here. The 2021 quarterback cap hits in the NFL, and then a look ahead to 2022's quarterback cap hits. And you'll see that Matt Stafford was below that 13% threshold at 11%. Joe Burrow on a rookie scale contract was at four and a half percent. Pat Mahomes actually restructured down to four percent. And so the Chiefs just have missed a huge opportunity for a dynasty these last few years because Pat Mahomes has been so team friendly with that contract. But you'll see here going into next year, the cutoff line, unless you think for the first time in 30 years that your quarterback, be it Cousins or Matt Ryan in Atlanta, uh, Russell Wilson, in Seattle or wherever he winds up, if you think that your quarterback is going to be the first one to buck this trend and win a Super Bowl, taking up 13% or more of a team salary cap, and it might happen at some point, 
but it has not happened to this point in 30 years, wow. then the threshold you need to get to for a cap number is $26 million next year. And you might say, well, what is the cap hit? It's to free up money to build the rest of your roster. You know, think about the Rams and the little moves here and there they were able to make. And some of it was just like, you know, it became the cool place to be in Sean McVay. And they built a vibe that Odell Beckham Jr. wanted to be a part of when he became available, right? So some of it's culture building and those things. But just from a pure roster building standpoint, the Vikings would need to get Kirk's cap number from or the Niners or whoever from $45 million down to like $26 million, which means guaranteeing more money in future seasons. So it's it's when you look at the history, it's really interesting. It's it's almost impossible to win a Super Bowl when you pay your quarterback thirteen percent or more of the overall team salary cap. And that means it's time for a new segment on Purple Daily called "No, the cap is not fake. The cap is not fake." Because I'm so tired of hearing that the cap is fake. The cap comes due eventually, and the only question is when. It comes due for every team that that attempts to kick the can down the road with extensions. Um, it can be done smart. It can be done dumb, but it is always going to get you eventually. The question is when, and the most important question is, can you win a Super Bowl before it does, right? So I am just so tired of always seeing, oh, the cap is fake. No, the cap is not fake. It could be manipulated and played with for a certain amount of time. But at some point, it's going to get you. And if it gets you and you have not won a championship, much less been to a Super Bowl, that's very disturbing because it puts you in a very bad predicament. I think that's a fair way to explain it. Yep. And, you know, you look like for 2021, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit, was 15% of the 49ers overall roster. It was the fifth highest cap in the NFL. Hard to build around, especially when Jimmy's like the 15th, 16th best quarterback in the NFL. You know, Kirk's like 12, 13, 14. Yep. The Niners front office has done a much better job building that roster and, and finding little, you know, inefficiencies here and there to take advantage of than most other front offices have. You know, compare that to Seattle, where Russell Wilson had a $32 million cap hit. They've had a really hard time building a roster around him over the past few years. So some of this falls on, you know, if you're, if you're going to sign a quarterback to a big contract and you're not going to find some flexibility to readjust that cap number, then you better be damn good drafting and developing players. You can't have a draft like the Vikings, where you drafted a handful of third-round guys and none of them played or contributed. You don't, you don't get to pay Kirk Cousins right. the money he's making and then not play your third rounders and have them <laughs> contribute, right? Yes. And so, like in the blame, the blame game well can go can go either way. You know, and we, you know, I sit here and I I light up Kirk Cousins all the time. But like, if you're going to make that decision as a front right. office, you then be you be, you better be like Dak Prescott. You're going to sign him to that contract. Then you better nail Trayvon Diggs. You better nail Ceedee Lamb. And they and they have, and they still came up short because their coach is a buffoon. Uh, but like all of these discussions are ones that they're having right now going into 2022. What can we do? How can we clear cap space? Wh- what's realistic for 2022? And I think all of these, I think the math adds up to someone other than Jim Harbaugh becoming the head coach. Um, it just makes sense to go young, right? D'Amico Ryans, give Raheem Morris a second shot and say 2020 year, Definitely not full-on tanking because there's enough good players on this team. 
and this division's going to be gettable without Aaron Rodgers. But let's let's look at the Eagles. Let's look at some other teams that like even the bank like the Bengals didn't think they were going to be this good. Yeah. You know, let's 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 give ourselves a year of a grace period and build something for a five year window as opposed to just like seeing what we can do in 2022, despite the fact that the roster is jacked up. I'm torn personally, because from the standpoint of our jobs, Harbaugh would be great fun. Like it would be so much fun. <laughs> it would be a blast, it would be yes. it would be like um, it's a great adrenaline question. every day. Right. That being said, I do think that that it, it is not a hot take by any means to say this roster needs a reset and reconstruction. Um, and so I think guys well beyond Kirk need to be gone. Um, not because I don't like them, but because this team needs to go in, in a direction that Quazy and the new coach can take it. And so as a reasonable follower of this franchise, do I believe that Jim Harbaugh is the best hire? No, I don't. As a reckless speculation connoisseur who loves this show because it's so much fun, it would basically be, hmm, how can I put this? Vikings cocaine. So I'm torn here. I'm really torn. I'm torn between that Judd, the, the devil on my shoulder, and the angel here. I'm really torn because one would be a lot of fun. One would probably be much more of a direct path to at least get, giving yourself a shot at a Super Bowl, not in 2022. But it doesn't have to be closed for five years. It's not like, oh, my God, if we're bad. I'm, look, what, 2019, right? The Bengals go 2-14. and 14. They're yes. a dumpster fire. They are the Bengals. They are an absolute mess. 2021, they're going to... The Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, but, man, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, boy. Jim Harbaugh would be so much fun. Um, you know what else would be fun? What's that? Just drink, drinking Surly all day at work. Like, like maybe Judd can sneak a couple into that studio there. It'd can be, I? Be pretty fun. Uh, let's see. If I, were to, if I were to sneak one I'll in. I'll look the other way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Because uh, if I were to sneak a Surly in, it would probably be my favorite, which, of course, I drank during the course of a great football and uh, sports Weekend, best IPA. But, boys, I have in front of me a list of some of the new offerings that are going to come in the first Surly Variety Pack of 2022. Um, let me pick Let me pick one here. Let me pick an exciting one here. How about this one? The Ghost Empire Dark Lager, multi-sweetness, Whoa. plus a special touch of hops equals a scary good oh, yeah. dark lager. Do you boys yeah, like that sound? Do you talk boys like me. that? You like that? How about this like one? How about this one, Mike Zimmer? The Havoc Machine, a true West Coast IPA, citrusy and just the right amount of bitterness. This is um, this is in the first Surly Variety Pack of 2022. So there's more to come. I've got more. I'm gonna. I'm going to have a. Uh, I'm gonna unveil. Two more tomorrow, but you just made the list. Exactly right. right. Try those. Also, uh, hey, shout out to our friends at uh, Chill Boys as well. I am just feeling the comfort right now here in my Chill Boys boxer briefs. The most comfortable underwear that all three of us have ever put on. Real quick here. One word to describe how Chill Boys is making you guys feel today. Thankful. I'm thankful okay. for my chill boys. I, I did a whole lot of laundry on championship weekend last weekend, and I, I there's something about just folding those fresh so pair of chill boys, getting them all ready for the week and starting your week and being thankful that you have chill boys to start your, 
your work week. I'm just lining them up yep. Monday through Friday. Monday. You know? I'm going Tuesday. Flaconian Elite. Elite nice. underwear. They are they are top of the line. They bring comfort. I mean, the fact that they have long johns that aren't just warm, but are warm and so damn comfortable, it's outstanding. It's elite. Chill Boys is all about your comfort at chillboys.com. They're a Minnesota-based company, but you can find them online again at chillboys.com. Um, all right. What um any other final thoughts on just the what appears to be four finalists here, or at least you know, these are four of the finalists, as Declan's camera goes. Haywire. Uh, hi, uh, Dex. No, I'm cat. Oh, very any, nice. Any thoughts on awesome. those finalists before we get to some other stuff? Here? Um one thought on on Kevin O'Connell and a potential selling point. Okay. So I'm just, I'm going to throw this out there because he's a McVeigh guy. He's the OC. He does not call plays. So that there is a bit of an affair unknown there to point out. Uh, but on that, I will say this, Zach Taylor, um, Super Bowl coach of the Bengals about to face the Rams in two weeks. Zach Taylor, a McVeigh guy, he was not OC, I believe, before he got the Bengals job, QB coach, didn't call plays. So I'm just saying, while I, I agree with the points that both of you guys made, which is it makes you a little bit concerned for a guy that has not called plays, I'm just saying that there is probably a case to be made the teams that are looking at O'Connell as their possible coach are going to see that the same questions were asked about Zach, and of course, it helps that he got Joe Burrow, but the point is, he sort of had the same background and now has been pretty successful. Or very yep, successful. No, I, that, that coaching tree is an interesting one to, mm-hmm. to tap into. It's, it's, it feels like it's already a better coaching tree than Bill Belichick's 20 years of, it is. of coaches. Because right. Mike, Mike Vrabel doesn't really count because he was, he was a player under Belichick, but not a, a coach under Belichick. So that, that, the Kevin O'Connell thing is very interesting. I, you know, he... He has a relationship with Kirk. He was one of one of Kirk's. I think he was Kirk's quarterbacks coach um, for a couple of years in Washington. So they have a relationship, and that's another one where it's like, what would he want to do? Would he want to rekindle that relationship, or would the front office and the ownership have already made that decision? That's another thing. It's very possible that the Wilfs, even before they hired Quasi, mm-hmm. said, "Listen, you can make the decision, but we would strongly prefer." this or this. I think if they had a strong preference, I think they would say it's just, we got to find a young quarterback of the future. We got to find just someone more athletic. The game is changing. Um, Maybe these coaches don't even really get a say in the quarterback situation right now. Maybe it's, we're going to trade him. So just know that before we get too deep into this discussion. Interesting. I don't think they're going to say, well, I think they would want the input, but I don't think they would say, we don't know what to do. Please tell us what to do. I think they, the ownership and Quasi probably have really strong opinions on what they're going to do with Kirk Cousins going into these coaching discussions. Quasi, I think for sure, I don't know about the Wilfs. So I, I do think that my guess is the GM has a definitive view. That's my guess. The Wilfs, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, flo- I'll float this. I'll float this. I have heard throughout the GM search process and now leading into the coach process that most of the people 
that are left in the Vikings organization lean toward trading Kirk. Yes. It's not 100% consensus, but there is a strong feeling of let's see what we can get. It was a good four-year run, whatever. Let's let's move on to the next thing. It was a four-year run is what they said. It was a four-year run. Yeah, it was four <laughs> years of our lives. Can't get those back. Um, I think that's correct. So I, I think internally in the building, Kirk has has worn out his welcome. The problem with the Wills is this, and we, we've t- – Talked about this going to the uh, going back to the falling out of Mike and Rick. The Wilfs aren't in that building consistently, and so I don't know if how the building feels across the board is how they do, and I don't know that they couldn't be talked into by by Quasi or a coaching candidate a different thought process because when you don't know that your GM and coach weren't basically communicating like adults for months, that means that you're pretty out of touch with, with what's transpiring with your team. So that, that would be my one thing is I think that if the Vikings officials who are in the building consistently, uh, Phil had their say, Kirk gets traded. But if the Wolves come in and say, Ziggy's going to talk, Ziggy's going to talk. And he's like, I think we should keep Kirk. They're going to be swayed a bit. So that's the one thing that I have no clue about. But they also, you know, they're leaning on some of the people that are still left in that building too so. to help them yeah. craft the future of the organization. So I, I would be shocked if they had like some strong dissenting opinion that went against the people that they're putting in a room to hire the next leaders of the organization. I, I, mean, I would again, like, we're not in those rooms, right. so we don't know exactly, you know, what what the exact feeling is of everyone. Um, I don't know. I think here's another thought here too that is playing itself out in real time in these last two weeks of playoff games that if you feel like you have a quarterback that isn't elevating everyone else around him with his play or his leadership, you can't, A, you can't be paying as much to the cap as they are with Kirk, but B, I don't, I don't even know if you can win big. Like, look at, like, Joe Burrow was pressured, according to Pro Football Focus, 59 times in three playoff games. Mm-hmm. He got sacked nine times in the divisional round and still dusted himself off unfazed and kept throwing the ball down the field to Jamar Chase, right? He he didn't get spooked. He didn't get rattled. He didn't lack confidence. He was still the leader that was elevating everyone else around him and rising above imperfect circumstances. You know, Matt Stafford, you know, had opposing teams come back and throw some punches. He threw a couple picks or whatever, like yeah. You know, and and I'm not putting Stafford in the same bin as Burrow. I think those guys are in different categories long term. But look, how do you not look around the last couple weeks and think to yourself, man, this league is being overtaken by a different breed of leader and quarterback, athletically, mentally, everything. The way that they build camaraderie, the way that they have a gravitational pull with their teammates. I just don't know how you survey the league and say, let's run this back. Let's keep doing this. Let's just keep banging our head into the same wall. You know, here's what concerns me though. I'm with you completely, but if you're the Wilfs and you basically convince yourself, you know what? The four years with Kirk have, have certainly not reached the heights that we expected on the day that Rick signed him in 2018, but in Stafford, he got a different coach. And that changed him. I'm concerned. That's what concerns me. Until the tie is cut, 
what concerns me is, are they thinking like we are, or are they saying, if we just get him a different coach? I hope they're not. I can't guarantee you that they are. So I agree completely with your point. Yeah. But what we don't know is, is are they going to convince that themselves now with Rick and Mike gone that Mike was like the problem? And if we just run this thing back with a different coach and, and a defense that is improved, we'll be fine. That's my, yep. that's my thought process and a bit of my concern. I think, you know, it, it, sometimes it is easy to maybe oversimplify some of these Vikings discussions. I think it's fair to say the Vikings had, certainly in the last three to four years, the Vikings had a head coaching problem because he was hyper-focused on defense, defense, and wasn't focused on being the CEO of 53-man roster and a relationship builder and all those things. Right. They had a, they had a head coach problem in the last four years. They have an offensive line problem. Um, the defense eroded. They've had some injury problems. And they have a quarterback problem in terms of how much money he makes, how yes. average of a leader he is. And even if you look at some of the advanced metrics, go beyond like the 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. You look at like efficiency stats and QBR and, you know, expected points added. You know, he's somewhere between the 12th and 15th best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl with the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the NFL unless everything else around him is incredible. And that's where you start to see the Brad Johnson examples, the Trent Dilfer examples. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo almost won a Super Bowl. You know, well, what about Eli Manning? I mean, Eli Manning had this legendary ability to rise up in the biggest games on the road in the Super uh, Bowl, right? There. Yep. Eli Manning clutch happens the last weekend in, in January and the first weekend in February, right? Like yeah. you got to, you got to get to those games to be Eli Manning clutch. Yep. So it's not just one thing or the other thing. The Vikings do have a quarterback problem relative to the other teams that they're competing with for championship status. They have a head coaching problem and they have an offensive line problem and some defensive problems. They got to fix all these things. You know, I think we, we get really focused on quarterback and I think people wonder why. Because a lot of people think if you just fix the defense and get a new head coach in here, no, I think then you would find out that you still have a problem and it needs to be fixed. Like that, that problem is almost hidden because the offensive line is so bad and the defense took a step back and the head coach lost his mind. People think, oh, all those other things, if you fix those, then you right. no longer have a quarterback problem. No, you, you, have, you still have a quarterback problem. And the, the line is not as bad as fans think. It's not great, but the majority of lines aren't great. But Go back and watch what Joe, what Joe Burrow did to avoid sacks and get first downs against the Chiefs was absolutely incredible. Like, go back and watch the fact that, that he, again, and I mean, this, this is not him. This is just pure athletic ability. But he feels the pressure before it happens. He scrambles. And it's not like he's super fast, but he's got that gene, man. He's got that gene, and a lot of guys, including Kirk, don't have that. If Kirk had that, do you know how many potential sacks he avoids per season? Um, like, he runs on occasion. But if Kirk had that that weird eyes-in-the-back-of-the-head thing, which Burrow clearly does, that line is like, well, they're not great, but they're okay. But because he doesn't, we think that the line stinks. So, I mean, there's just so many intangibles and things. And look, it's tough. That position now has become damn near impossible for a, for 
like to, to be perfect, but it is now so important that if you've got a guy who, yeah, he's good, probably not going to be like the, the whole Dilfer thing is it, it might as well be 1955 now, right? Like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. That might as well, you, you might as well take that back to 1930. Like that is such a different thing now. Um, I think Garoppolo is about as close to what Dilfer brought because I think that people like him. I think he leads, but the but in this game today, that will get you so far. I don't think even that can necessarily win you a championship. I just don't. Yeah. So no, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're right. It's unfortunate. So. Reality. We can. I, I think we should wrap this before uh, any head coach breaking news derails. <laughs> we have the to episode. do a whole new, this whole new episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many things that we'll get into, and and there's there's more things too to just sort of compare and contrast to the Bengals and the Rams and whatnot. But uh, this week's probably going to be dominated by the head coach news cycle. Who knows? Maybe we'll even have some news later today once they get done with some of these finalist interviews. So, all right, boys. Also, uh. Livia is helping Judd lose over 30 pounds the last two or three months. That's exactly Crazy. right. That, that's exactly right. At last check, I think I'm down about 33 pounds. Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And I want you to join me now in the I Did It Eight Week Challenge where you get your first eight weeks. I'll say this slowly because it's darn near too good to be true. Your first eight weeks for free. Your first eight weeks for free in that time period, just as an example, I dropped 26 pounds. So mm. you're basically getting to spring. Clothes fit, you feel good, look good. First eight weeks for free, 855, go dot com. L-I-V-E-A.com, check them out. And I'm telling you right now, it's easy, it's simple, and most importantly, it's effective. 30-plus pounds down, Livia.com is the place to go. Tell them, score north, and Judd told you. Yeah, Federated is uh, helping business owners of Purple Daily as well take their business to even greater heights. And they do that with over 100 years of experience in the commercial insurance industry. You can find out more. It's a Minnesota-based company. Find out more about all the tools and resources and people that can help your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. A lot of people asking about Alex Boone. We will definitely get him on tomorrow. Uh, he had some things going on family-wise today. So I know people want to hear Booney's thoughts on the show about Jim Harbaugh. And he's given a lot of great nuggets about Harbaugh just throughout the year, independent of this potential uh, you know, Vikings connection. But Booney should be back in the mix tomorrow. So definitely check that out if you want the inside scoop on Jim Harbaugh. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. See ya. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.